Hi, today is February 11th, 2024, and my name is Juni, and welcome to the Theta Game Podcast. I'm not a financial advisor, and nothing I say is financial advice. I'm literally just a normal retail trader, just like you. I'm not certified or a graduate of finance, just a trader that started on Wall Street bets years ago. I've lost a lot of money and made all of it back and more after finding a system that worked for me. I share my trades, system, and experiences all for free. You can view all my trades for free at thetagain.com slash juni, no sign-up required, and you can email me any questions that I'll answer on the podcast at juni at thetagain.com. Lastly, I stream on Twitch every weekday at least an hour at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Come hang out, ask me questions, vent, or just chill. It's a positive environment and everyone is welcome at twitch.tv slash real Thank you, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Uh, diving into what's new on the website or thetagain.com, uh, this week I implemented a lot of caching for profiles or trades on profiles, and that means that uh, there are a good handful of users that have already more than 100 trades, and I can see that easily getting a little bit out of hand in the event that they continue trading or logging for the rest of the year. So I implemented some caching so that it's going to be rendering faster for every time you visit your own profile or for when anyone else visits your profile and you have many trades. So that's really cool. And after that, I added a button to go to the tracker after you open, close, or edit a trade log. That was recommended to me to be a improvement from someone in the Twitch chat, but I don't remember who requested it, but I got time to put it in and I did. So now after you open, close, or edit a trade, you can click a button to go to the tracker. And then lastly, I worked a little bit on the calendar or what's called the date picker. And so, you know, when you open a trade, uh, you have to pick the expiration date. Uh, When you click on the input, a calendar pops up. I styled that calendar just a little bit more. Uh, It's a little bit easier to read now. The colors make more sense. It highlights the current day because I'm always wondering, like, what's today's date again? Because the bold just wasn't being pronounced enough. And so uh, now it's highlighted magenta or purple or pink. Whatever you see is the color that you see. Um, But, yeah, so now there's just more styling on it to help you more quickly log your trades. All right. And as far as my current work, because, I mean, I guess I should let you guys know what I'm working on so you guys could be a little excited I'm currently working on the feature to be able to roll a trade on the website, and I'm also working on a tab uh, where you can go and visit on the website to view the trades of users that you follow. And I'm also working on the YouTube video that I'm going to do. It's not going to be a short. uh, Well, I could upload a few more shorts. I have those kind of like in my back pocket. But I kind of want to get a YouTube video out there um, to tell, I guess, my story and stuff. It's been really challenging to be as authentic as I can be while also, you know, I'm posting the video so I get more exposure. So there's some selfishness in that, that like I want to tell people my story and maybe they'll come to the platform and sign up. But I also do want to let people know that there is someone out there just trading like a normal person and is showing all of their trades and is providing a place to hang out. You know, like I want to go with that angle too. I also want to, um, I took some time to go into the Tastyworks portal. I downloaded all my tax documents so I can share people my like profit loss that's on my 1099. Um, And then I thought that would be a cool angle to go with. So I'm like, and I'm screenshotting all my biggest losers from thetagain.com that I've ever recorded. I'm screenshotting all my biggest wins. And so I'm really going to go in there with like, you know, hey, my job in this YouTube video is like not to necessarily convince you that I'm the best trader or even the most transparent trader because anybody can really doctor a photo or anyone can doctor screenshots. 
but then I slam them with, wouldn't it be crazy if I did this live and I did this every day? Wouldn't that be nuts? And then I show them like a clip of like, like 10 of my streams all at once on my camera. It's like, I've been streaming every day since blah, 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 blah. I think that'd be kind of cool. Um, I have so many ideas, but I'm trying to make the video short. You know, that's also another thing. I'm trying to aim for under five minutes. And I also understand that I don't need to pack every single one of my ideas into this one video. But it would be really cool if I can just also repurpose this video and put this on the front page of ThetaGang.com. And uh, I think that would help a lot for people that are coming to this website and trying to understand, like, wow, how, why is this for free? Like, what's the story behind this? And, you know, so that's, that's what I've been working on. It's been really fun. You know, I go to the coffee shop and then I start writing the script. And I'm super hyped. And then, you know, I get home I'm I'm like organizing my work for the next day. And then I'm starting to realize like, wow. I don't have anywhere nice to really record this video. Um, so I have to kind of come up with a hacky way to create some sort of aesthetic backdrop. Maybe I like put the camera on like the left of my desk and then I turn my head to the left and look at the camera. <laughs> All right, let's get started with today's earnings section of the podcast where I talk about companies' quarterly results. Um, McDonald's is up first. I have uh, same-store sales growth has slowed down this quarter, growing about 1% slower than expected. McDonald's faces backlash and boycotting because of its actions regarding the Gaza conflict leading to their revenue being impacted. Uh, McDonald's also has gotten backlash over the Big Mac combo meal in some parts of the country costing almost $20. McDonald's says that its core customer base, those that make less than $45,000, that's me, uh, have started eating and cooking at home, which is true, as grocery uh, prices have come back down, which is also true. Uh, they aim to bring those customers back by focusing on affordability, and they'll focus on using the app to help bolster sales. McDonald's was trading 4% lower for the day. All right, and let's just take a quick pause because, you know, as I was writing down these notes for McDonald's, I was like, wow, that's me. That's me. That's me. Because, you know, talking about McDonald's core customer base of customers that uh, sort of make less than 45K, that's me. You know, 45K in income. I make, of course, more than that if you count capital gains, but <laughs> you didn't hear anything about capital gains in the reporting. Um, I make less than 45k a year. In fact, if I multiply what I make on Patreon, which is about 1.5k times 12, um, I make 18k a year so far. And uh, I used to make a lot more than that uh, back when I had a nine to five. But of course, we're doing this live, boys. <laughs> we're we're gonna try and make this a reality. And uh, I totally vibed with this reporting because, and look at me using Gen Z words, um, <laughs> I make less than 45K. I make 18K from my Patreon, uh, which I'm very grateful for because I understand a lot of people don't even get to that number. But I do notice I do shop at, <laughs> shop, I do go to McDonald's less. Like I haven't been to McDonald's in a few months now and that's strictly because McDonald's is so expensive. I got priced out of McDonald's. Um, and it sucks because I do really like eating it despite it. You know, I know it's really bad for me, but that's why I like it. You know, I like that it's considered sort of trashy food. I, I like it when I hear people that are very foodie like that trash on McDonald's. I'm like, man, you're just, you just think you're too good for it, but you're not, you know, we're, we're just all human. We like what we like. Um, it, it, it brings out a side of me that I really love. It's, it was my mom's like, uh, first job in the United States when she came over before I was born. And uh, there's also a story that I might tell at the end of the ep at this episode about a McDonald's story about me and my mom when I was born and when I was alive when I was in, the, in high school. Um, but yeah, McDonald's very close to, you know, my childhood and how I grew up um, just because of my mom. And, uh, you know, in my later years when I started working, I used to get McDonald's all the time. McDonald's was like at least a once a week thing and then getting priced out of it and then reading it in this reporting made me reflect. I'm like, wow, 
I do feel like this, you know, you can read that like the core customer base that make 45K and under are going less and then not bat an eye because a lot of you listening make more than 45K. But as you know, since last October, yeah, it feels like so long ago, but it's only since last October, I was laid off and then I had to take daily game full time uh, and I make less than 45K and I haven't been to McDonald's I think since I don't know if I've had McDonald's since then, um, and it's because it's too, it really is too expensive even with the app. But as you know, the app does have a lot of these coupons uh, that give you like a free large fry, which makes a big impact in the total sales cost. Um, or like you get a free Big Mac if you buy a Big Mac, or I don't know. There's some crazy deals on the app, and then hearing that they'll focus on the app to help bolster sales is what's quoted here in my notes. Uh, makes a lot of sense you know if you're going to go to mcdonald's you need to have the app for the costs to make sense and i think people that are willing to you know save a dollar or two are willing to download the app especially if it's something for like mcdonald's and uh, it just makes a lot of sense and uh, (laughs) yeah sorry for spending so long on this but it just hit home because it that is me you know when you see that headline people make it under 45k it does (laughs) I never thought after I started working in tech that I would actually be here <laughs> in this sort of spot, like not necessarily being able to afford McDonald's comfortably. Uh, but here I am, and it's all new. You get to follow me on this journey and see how this ends up. Maybe I crash and burn. Maybe I become ultra successful. But you'll know that you listen to this dude randomly talking to a microphone on Sunday morning at 11.38 a.m. Let's get to the next company. Next up, we have Palantir. It's the data company. For the quarter, they met their EPS or earnings per share expectations and beat on revenue. They jumped 17% after the bell because of a 20% increase in year-over-year revenue driven by, quote, relentless, end quote, demand for AI. All right, I'm going to keep the microphone open as I, like, look at what's how Palantir sort of leveled off because I'm just curious. Um, it looks like Palantir started at 1672 and then it ended the day at 2438 on Friday. Um, and so that's a 45% increase from the bottom before earnings. And that's a lot. Um, I remember ripping on this stock, I think like two years ago, cause I was like, dude, there's just no way people are actually believing in the, in the hype here. Um, and since then, you know, I was ripping on it in like 2021. Yeah. 2021. It looks like it was trading in like the $23 range. Again, right now, Palantir is trading at 24. So it's now at the level of it's back to now where I I was ripping on it. I was like, there's no way people are believing enough in data for this to make sense. But I guess now with the AI boom, you know, it sort of rebounded. Um, it went from like the 24, $25 range and then in 2022, it went way down. In fact, it almost hit five bucks at one point. It hit like 642, I think is the low. And then from there, it's had like two really good earnings reports and then it's now trading at 24, which is back with levels that were in like 2020. So in the last three or four years, essentially, uh, in the last four years, yeah, uh, Palantir is just now back to where it was. So goes to show, you know, if you're in a growth stock, you're going to go through a lot of ups and downs. I am happy that a lot of people can close their bags for a gain. You know, if you did hold on all, after all this time, you know, 2022 and 2023 must have been really scary to hold on to the to your bag. So if you did hold on to this, uh, these bags this far, like congrats. I think that's really, really like admirable actually because a lot of people do end up giving up if there's like, if it's a red position for like a year, you know, you're like, oh, I could use this capital for something else. Well, that's good. Um, do I think it has more room to grow or more room to go? I don't know. Uh, I don't know enough about Palantir. I just remember back in the day, people were just blindly buying it because data was really popular uh, back in 2021. So, and, and that's not only Palantir. I was also ripping on Snowflake. <laughs> but uh, I'm curious to also see what, where that's at now too snowflake stock snowflake stock yeah snowflake also went down 
a little bit more than 50 percent during the 2022 and 2023 uh but since then has rebounded i'm sure with a lot of help from the keyword ai uh but maybe it's a new company now, you know, with everyone just kind of leaning into AI driven development. Um, maybe, maybe they're different. It, it's hard to say. I think just long story short, I don't have an opinion on where these data companies are going now with the new AI um, approach, but I do really like the shovels of AI or the semiconductors or AKA the chips that power AI and that's Nvidia and AMD. But yeah, we'll see where these companies end up going. Maybe, you know, this is the time to get in. But also, maybe this is just where the top gets rejected and goes back down. We have no clue. Next up is Spotify, a stock that's near and dear to us in the Twitch chat. Uh, I think we talk about Spotify at least once a week, sometimes twice, sometimes thrice a week. Uh, Spotify missed on earnings per share and revenue expectations. However, quarter one guidance came in strong with their next quarter to be more positive than analysts expected, leading the stock to be up nearly 4% despite missing on earnings per share and revenue expectations. Snapchat uh, went up 4% the entire day leading up to earnings, but then in after hours, it crashed 30 percent following its earnings report snapchat beat revenue expectations but fell short of earnings per share expectations they blame conflict overseas in gaza for expect or for affecting their revenue and they gave a weaker than expected forward guidance yeah i don't know how many more companies are going to do this we kind of heard it from mcdonald's we heard it from starbucks as well but blaming your impacts on your revenue on the gaza conflict seems kind of like a reach especially to the average retail stock trader like me like i don't actually know the implications of you know economics and any conflicts in gaza affecting your company's revenues i don't know how big that market is but it definitely feels like the company is trying to save face and using the conflict as a scapegoat but i don't think investors bought into that at all and the crash of 30 percent on snap seems sort of justified Snapchat, in my like limited trading experience, you know, something that I've learned over you know the years of trading, uh, is that Snap or Snapchat has a problem where it is able to advertise, but it doesn't have a consumer base that is powerful. Like AKA, it advertises to maybe like kids and teens, but they don't have like a big wallet to spend on for items that they might get advertised. So this makes Snapchat's uh, earnings per user number really, really important. And uh, if you're interested in trading Snapchat, maybe, I don't know, this 30% move down enticed you into trading it. You're going to want to learn more about the importance of the earnings per user number. Next up, we have Ford. Ford uh, looked like it finally broke through the $12 level, you know, for those that are trading smaller wheels or doing cash secure puts or maybe buy rights on a cheaper stock. Ford looks pretty, I don't know, it looks pretty okay. It doesn't pay nearly enough uh, premium for, I don't know, for me to think it's worth it, but some other people think it is, uh, and that's okay. It beat on earnings per share and revenue expectations. Ford also announced a special dividend, which I never thought Ford would ever do, but here we are. Um, it's a dividend that's not regularly scheduled that they're going to decide to pay out. Um, and that made the stock jump quite a bit as well. Uh, one that isn't regular and is paid uh, when the company does well for the quarter and it likes to re reward its shareholders. That's the definition of special dividend. Year over year, Ford's earnings for its gasoline power division was down 48%. Ford's EV division's earnings were down about $1.5 billion more, uh, and that's doubling more than uh, last year's losses. However, to make up for those two divisions, Ford's pro commercial division was up 25%, up to $1.8 billion. So it looks like investors seem to really like Ford's growth in the commercial space. Uh, and so they're willing to overlook the sort of gasoline power division and the EV division not doing so well. Um, Ford seems like it's getting really good footing. And uh, I might talk over wheeling it on the stream if you stop by tomorrow because I'm recording this on Sunday. I have a stream where I stream every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash realthetagame. 
Next up, we have Chipotle. Chipotle beat on earnings per share and revenue expectations by a good margin, while restaurants like uh, McDonald's and Starbucks reported declining number of visits from customers. Chipotle actually had a 7.4% increase in foot traffic. This is also on top of Chipotle having increased the prices of food items last year as well. It looks like people are willing to continue to eat Chipotle in this economic environment. The guac is something else. Chipotle was up 2.6% after the bell. Writing this reporting uh, also hit home for me because I know that personally, I have still been going out to Chipotle despite not going to McDonald's anymore, or at least for in a long time. Um, And that's because, you know, after jujitsu, if I have nothing better to eat uh, at home and I'm starving or, you know, I really need that meal, uh, I can't afford to like wait to cook. Um, I'll go to Chipotle uh, just because it's easy um, and it's remotely healthy. I do feel bad if I were to eat like sort of McDonald's right after I worked out really hard. It just, that doesn't feel right at all. Um, But I'll go out the way and I'll go to Chipotle sometimes. And uh, yeah, I think people are, it looks like people are still willing to eat healthier. Um, Maybe that has to do with like Uh, the start of the new year as well you know more in foot traffic might mean you know more people willing to not go out on uh, grocery or rather food delivery apps anymore people maybe want to eat healthier so they're opting to eat chipotle maybe instead of their other favorite fast food restaurant but that's definitely relative (laughs) of course depending on you know what your food beliefs are some people are just strictly calories in versus calories out and people see it as Oh, yeah, you know, because um, Chipotle is still a whole lot of calories, that's for sure. But then you start getting into, oh, but it's maybe maybe less processed, a little bit more whole than, say, like McDonald's. But, you know, just like religion, I think food beliefs are up there in terms of passionate followers. <laughs> Next up, we have Roblox, famously played by kids around the world inside Discord servers. Um, <laughs> Roblox reported more losses than last quarter, however, reported a larger revenue or top-line number. Roblox also gave good future guidance, giving itself a 10% gain for the day following their earnings report in the morning. Um, From what I can gather, because, you know, I'm the gorilla sort of uh, reporter these days on on these stocks for you guys, um, talking with my fiancé's family, uh, especially, like, the younger generation, the younger kids, uh, these kids play Roblox. And uh, that's, like, the thing that they do uh, after school, or at least, you know, the cousins. Um, And apparently it's super normal. It's, like, what you do if you want to play with other people uh, in a multiplayer setting. Otherwise, if you're in a single-player mood, you most likely just play Minecraft, uh, which is really crazy for me to just think and say because, you know, I was essentially playing Minecraft uh, when the beta came out. And uh, that's when I was in high school. But these kids are, like, growing up with it, um, and it's a part of their day. You know, they get their homework done, they go on Roblox, and they play Roblox games. Something that I think helped maybe the last year for Roblox, or maybe the last year and a half, or maybe the last two years, Roblox is doing a really good job of sandboxing their game. And what that means is they allow other people to make games out of their own technology. So when you hop into Roblox, you can play roblox like you can just oh pause 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 my recording software literally just crashed i use audacity it just crashed and i thought i just lost about like three hours worth of my time because you know up till this 24 minute mark you know i'm like editing the script i'm spending a lot of time outside of the actual record button and it crashed and i totally thought that i had to start over and i was panicking but thank god audacity has a recover feature so we're gonna i'm just gonna go back to the the roblox topic i'm sorry i i really had to just say this thank you audacity for making such great software it is free and i can't believe it's free thank you so much okay we're gonna go back Ooh. so anyway uh roblox does a really good job of sandboxing their game they allow other people to make games within their game that users of their game can play for example We all know what Call of Duty is in some capacity. It's a game where you shoot people and uh, you get, I don't know, fancy gun skins. And it's it's just, it's a very high dopamine, high fast paced game. You can create Call of Duty in Roblox. 
And what people are doing is they create a very close to one-to-one representation of Call of Duty inside Roblox. And now these kids can play Call of Duty inside of Roblox. And uh, that's attracting adults to play Call of Duty also in Roblox. Because before, we kind of let just like kids play Roblox because it's it's not very fun. You know, you just play Roblox. Maybe it's fun if you're a kid, but there's not really much to do if you're an adult. But uh, if you see, wow, there's this new, cleaner, faster, simpler version of Call of Duty in Roblox, it's going to get you to sort of download the game and try to play it. And uh, Roblox isn't the only company going down this route. We know that this is also happening in the Fortnite um, game as well. Fortnite's trying to sandbox their game, allowing people to make um, sort of games out of their engine. And they're trying to monetize that way. And we know that this is a successful model because a lot of the most famous games that we've ever played, including Counter-Strike and including Dota, have been mods that have been built within these sandbox sort of engines that these games provide. I'm also a firm believer that you can be a lot more creative when you don't have to necessarily work on the technical aspects. If you're, say, a game designer uh, and you want to make a very fun game, uh, you can quickly, more quickly, uh, develop your own game uh, idea by just using one of these engines. Like, for example, you're playing Warcraft 3, you really love building an army, and you really love attacking people, but you really just enjoy controlling your hero. And you think that, you know, all I want to do is instead of like controlling a big army is I just want to play with the hero. And you think, should I create my own game from scratch where I got to code all the movement and all the sort of skills and how to aim the skills and, you know, the leveling and all this other menu UI and licensing the game and uh, I don't know, creating the uh, I don't know, credit screen, all this boring stuff. Or would you rather just build the game using uh, something that's already provided to you, like maybe a map editor or, again, like a sandbox environment that this game will provide and build it that way, you know? And so if you want to quickly test out a game idea, you know, it's, a lot of it could be really tested with something like a Fortnite editor or, you know, in this case, a Roblox editor. But there's obviously pitfalls to that. Uh, if you want to create your own original IP, maybe you're more experienced, you know, then you probably want to create your game from scratch. But if you're someone that just doesn't, isn't that much of a game designer um, or like a gaming programmer uh, and you want to give it a shot, maybe this would be the, the leaping stone for you is that just creating one in a more hand-holding environment like a sandbox might be the way to go. So segueing into this sort of a type of announcement, uh, Disney beat on earnings per share uh, expectations but fell short on revenue. Disney guided well above analyst expectations, and so the stock traded up 7% because of the positive guidance. Uh, and they also reported a $1.5 billion investment into Epic Games, uh, the gaming studio behind Fortnite. So we don't quite know exactly what Disney is planning to do there. Maybe it's more skins in the Disney uh, f- like sort of universe. Or maybe Disney is creating some sort of custom game. Or maybe Disney is g- giving uh, maybe licenses to be able to create games with Disney characters. I don't know. Um, that would be kind of a stretch because I'm sure Disney is very protective of their IP. But it's exciting to see Disney pours a lot of money into a video game. Uh and we'll see how this goes. But you see here that because Epic Games or you know Fortnite has really opened the gates with the sandbox environment, that bigger companies can now come in and have this sort of custom experience. Roblox, I'm sure, has already a good amount of deals also similar to this Disney investment. But Roblox have already leaned into that direction. Um, Epic Games or Fortnite just followed suit, and they're seeing some of it pay off here. Next up, there is PayPal. They beat on earnings per share and revenue expectations, but fell 3.5% after the bill after it gave worse guidance than expected for the fiscal year. Typically, guidance that comes in less than stellar is not a big deal, but seeing PayPal end up guiding like this after a big innovation announcement by a CEO is not very convincing for shareholders. There are many YOLOs on Wall Street Bets this week on PayPal, and there was a lot of money lost. The Arm Company also reported this week, a company famous for licensing out chip designs to semiconductor companies like AMD or NVIDIA. 
Um, they had a big earnings per share and revenue beat with very, very rosy forward guidance. Uh, the semiconductor company was up 30% after hours following its earnings report as smartphone demand looks like it's starting to pick up and the licensing of ARM's chips designs that it's collecting royalties on are also up. ARM being up uh, a lot was really, really crazy um, following the next day. I even opened up a play. I opened up an ARM put credit spread, which bet that it would stay above any number above 100 bucks um, because it shot up to like 130 uh, and of course, it's gone down to like 120, but it has about 20% more buffer. And I could not believe how much I was getting paid to be so far out the money. But if you don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry about it. But for those that do know them, what I'm talking about, maybe th this was me, um, you know, getting too ahead of myself. But I'm excited to see where we open up tomorrow. And I know a few people that have already exited their position um forearm because they thought of the put credit spread idea just a little bit earlier than me um, but i'm still in it uh, and i think it's going to be a fun trade and last but not least there is pinterest uh, that beat on earnings per share but missed on revenue with bad forward guidance pinterest reported earnings before the bell and traded down 10 percent during the trading session i don't know what pinterest is supposed to do here uh i know a competitor to pinterest and I use that competitor, so therefore, I am default, I guess, sort of bearish on Pinterest. Uh, when I use Pinterest, I feel like I get ads too much. Like, the ratio of ads to, like, content that I actually want to see is really low. I use Pinterest uh, for a little bit in the very beginning of ThetaGame.com, but quickly stopped using because it, it didn't feel good to use. Um, and then I found out about Dribble, which is the word Dribble uh, with three Bs. And it does essentially the same thing, except I feel like the search results are just a little bit better. And um, yeah, I've been using that in sort of replacement as Pinterest. And uh, I can't imagine being bullish on Pinterest knowing that Dribble is around. So, and Dribble is not public, by the way. It's just it's just some website or some company that I just rather use uh, that I can vouch for. And I'm not sponsored or have an ad or have a short position on Pinterest. I'm, I'm not invested in any way. This is just my opinion. But um, yeah, I'd love to hear why people are so bullish on Pinterest, but feels like a lot of apps um, can just create this mood board feature and you are suddenly obsolete. I don't know. And uh, sort of talking about my trading week, you know, because as I have a podcast that's related about trading stocks and options and I have a website about trading stocks and options, it'd be kind of weird if I sucked at <laughs> trading stocks and options. So you can see me trade live at twitch.tv slash realthetagang at 9 a.m. Pacific time. You don't even need to be there uh, when it's live. You can go there whenever you want. And uh, I have all my VODs recorded, so you could just, you know, load the VOD or AKA click on the video and uh, you, you click through it. You only got to watch in succession. I know that you probably got better things to do, but if you quickly wanted to just go in and be like, yeah, Junie is trading live and actually showing all of his trades. You can do that at twitch.tv slash real data gang. Uh, but for those that are too lazy, uh, I will just report like essentially, you know, where I'm at on those accounts in the podcast right now. And right now on the 5K account that I started on November 2nd of last year, it is now at six, $6,465.25. So I've made $1,465.25 since November. Um, and that was not off of one lucky play. It took me, it says here, 24 trades to get me to that number. Uh, and my average sort of duration of those trades is about eight days, 7.95 days per trade. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been super, super fun uh, trading this account. Um, and the fact that I could be sort of still relevant to people because, you know, a lot of people don't trade with hundreds of thousands of dollars on in their account. But in case if you do, or if you are of the older generation, hi. My name is Junie. I'm a millennial. Um, I trade with a now $353,000 portfolio. It has $353,978.22. Uh, and this account 
is up $28,955 for the month of January and the one week of February. So I've been doing really good myself. Um, and uh, I don't know. I I guess talk about like a little bit of how I got here so far, and I guess from the last update. Um, a lot of buy rights I've been doing in the main account. I think what's helping me trade in this constant um, market going upward is, you know, I like to buy 100 shares of a stock and then sell an at the money cover call. And I sort of make the play based around, hey, uh, I'm fine with just this stock appreciating the amount that this covered call uh, is giving me in premium. Otherwise, if we correct from here, because I feel like any day now, we're going to have a very swift correction. It's going to be very fast. Maybe the correction's not long-lasted, uh, but I don't want to just have be caught with my pants down. So I try to not to write too many cash-secured puts at this current moment, uh, though I have in the recent like week or two weeks. But I go and I'm more familiar, more comfortable with doing a buy-write, which is, again, buying 100 shares and then writing the at-the-money cover call. I think this is where experience and my transparency shines through because I think on paper, you know, if you do this over a longer period of time of just selling at the money cover calls, it's not going to do as well as say just holding the shares or maybe doing cash secured puts on the way up. But this gives me the mental confidence of being able to trade, even though we're at like all time high in a lot of the stocks that I am trading. So you got to do what works for you and what gets you to trade and click on those buttons. Of course, I'm not going to tell you to force any trades either. If you're just not comfortable, you're still trying to figure out your strategy, you shouldn't force any trades and you shouldn't even do a buy right. You should definitely just get comfortable, start small, and build up to these larger trades that have higher probabilities of profit. But there are ways you can trade with a smaller account. And that's when I'm going to give updates on my 5K challenge account. My 5K challenge account that I started in November last year again uh, started at $5,000 is now at $6,465.25. Um, I've been doing this Macy's wheel, which is has been pretty fun. I've been doing pretty well at it, but it hasn't really gained all too much, to be honest. Most of my gains have been doing put credit spreads from um, uh, Costco. Costco has been a big winner for me because I have a lot of confidence in that it can stay up. Um, but we'll see, you know, Costco has shown some weakness in the last few days. Maybe it's going to be on its way down finally. Um, but as of right now, I have a Macy's wheel. I have a arm put credit spread and I have a Nvidia put credit spread, all of which are currently red. But as we've seen on this, this Twitch stream over and over again, a lot of my best positions that I open start off red, but end up green. And that's just some of the, you know, pros and cons of being on the sell side because you usually have to be gouged just a tiny bit on the slippage or the difference between the bid and ask spread when you're opening a um you know a short side or a w written uh contract you know when you write a contract or when you sell a contract uh you're the one that ultimately accepts the amount of money that someone's willing to pay you and if you want to just get quickly in sometimes you're willing to take a little bit less and that's why your trade starts off a little red but in the very end of things at the very life end of the lifetime of the trade you have a much better probability of profit so you might start off red but there is a higher than normal chance that it will end up green uh, than if you buy a long option just because time is on your side when you sell or write options Okay, uh, that about wraps it up for today's podcast. This podcast, the website, and stream are all made possible because of my patrons at patreon.com slash Signing up helps keep the services up and alive as well as pay my own personal bills. I do the podcast, website, and stream full-time as my primary source of income. I feel grateful to be able to do this full-time and my focus on providing the best service possible for free. The website, podcast, and stream are all made free and it'll stay that way. Signing up for Patreon does give you a few perks, so check it out again at patreon.com slash ThetaGang if you're interested in helping support. And as always, I want to give a shout-out to people or to the people that make this uh, dream of mine uh, a possibility. I, I'd say that this isn't a successful endeavor. 
uh, yet, uh, though I feel very successful already. I feel like there's also a lot more to go. Um, I want to give a shout out to my patrons here. Uh, Mr. Integrity, Arfman, Major, Mememe, Fancy Wolf, NSS88, Benedushi, Slow-Mo, uh, Rooster, Re- Espresso Bean, Danghai, Bearded Savage, v- Lewis v- BG, NC Devman, Maltman1856, uh, Desserts, Cube, Suki, R. Eschmitty, LPL, McFly, Travella, Kingswift6, Kevlar22, Nala, K21 Butler, J Perkins86, Turbo Ricky, Kaput, Tekko Me, Elma, Whiteen, Rustier, North Brizzle, Mods, Lord Skeletor, Can't Make Money, RRL, Statistically Random, Upstream Puddle, Avrillian, Sumatrix, The Jester, EDC, Los Pepes, Andy V, Chicken Dinner, Caveman, The New 9000, Vegeta, Plank, Grandpa 95, Alexander Kerm, KJ Martin, Young Rich, Maestro XC, Husk P, and Garrix. Thank you so much for making, again, this a possibility. And uh, yeah, just super grateful. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, I feel like I haven't done one of these in a while just because I haven't had like the place to myself as I record these. And I don't really like talking about or talking in the 1% section of the podcast, this section, when my partner is home. Um, so, you know, she's with her family right now uh about to watch the super bowl i think and i'm here as i spent the entire day yesterday um with her family uh with for lunar new year celebration so you know i decided i needed to actually record this thing and so now i'm here and i have the place to myself which is always really nice when i'm recording because uh, i do get self-conscious when i'm like talking to the microphone i'm talking like super finance stuff and i'm like ah she could hear me and i i I feel like i'm being cringe (laughs) um but it is it is my passion i do like doing this sort of stuff so i feel like i could just be a little bit more of myself um behind the mic recording when no one's home and that goes with my parents too when i'm home i like just you know squeezing in the podcast when they're maybe out to a doctor's appointment or something uh but anyway talking about uh mcdonald's a little bit. I shared this story before on the podcast, but for the newer people, um, my mom came from Korea uh, when she was, I think, sixteen. She was really young, and her first job ever in America was working at McDonald's, and she worked as a cashier, and sometimes she did the fries. Um, and so, growing up, you know, after she had me, uh, I don't remember what age she had me, but she had me at a later time with my dad. And um, I remember eating McDonald's a lot growing up uh, because my mom still worked there for a good period of when I was like a baby up until maybe like four or five before she started working in hospitality. Uh, And hospitality is just a fancy word for like, you know, housekeeper in hotels or maybe banquet captain or bartender. She worked in like the hotel industry. And um, yeah, McDonald's, super near and dear to my heart. We had it frequently, maybe like leftover fries or like, you know, my mom maybe only ate half of her Big Mac that she would have eaten at lunch and I would eat it when I was like super, super young. I'm talking like three or four. I I have still memories of like being able to like eat like a, a McDonald's like in the mic from a microwave. Um, and I remember it still tasting, you know, not as good, but like, I didn't mind, of course, when I was a kid, microwaved fries and microwaved Big Macs. Um, so that was a time of my life. But then, you know, growing up, I didn't have like, uh, I wasn't, my family wasn't rich. My, my mom and a stepdad at the time, uh, worked really hard. Like I'd be home alone a lot, which I didn't mind. This is not a sob story. I love to be home alone. Um, and I just thought it was the best thing ever. I would play video games. I could eat whatever I want. I would, you know, I, it, it was a good time. I like to be home alone. And that's kind of like why I like being alone now. It's like, I feel like because I grew up that way, I learned to be really comfortable with just being by myself. And I love that, um, about me. Uh, it's like one of my favorite parts about me that I like sharing with people is like, <laughs> I am very good at not being bored, <laughs> Um, but anyway, growing up again, we weren't rich, but my mom and my stepdad, but notably my mom, my mom would always come home hella late and also leave hella early in the morning. Um, and she would always try to get me to, uh, like eat, uh, like eat out, right? Like, cause she would always want to sort of 
like make up for not being at home like that was her thing she'd be like you know do you want mcdonald's today you know we only have like rice and kimchi at home with like seaweed or gim as, as you would call it and i'd be like no it's fine you know i i don't mind eating like egg with rice and like seaweed like that's that's actually still one of my favorite meals to this day just because i ate it so often when i was a kid um but i would say no all the time whenever my mom would offer me fast food on the way home because we could just easily um like pick up fast food and she could drop me off and then um she could go she could go back to work there was this one day where she picked me up from high school and she offered me like hey do you want mcdonald's and i said no like i it was just like an average day nothing crazy and i said no i don't want mcdonald's it's cool like i could just eat at home and then you know as we're driving like maybe like down to the stop sign from the high school She's she like starts crying and she's like, can you please just say yes to the McDonald's? Can I just buy you McDonald's? So she was tearing up and then I, I was like, I, I, I kind of felt the reason why. And she was she was like, I just wanted to give you or just buy you the McDonald's because, you know, I, I see you eat rice all the time. I feel bad and I, I, you know, I have to drop you off and I go work. It feels like I'm working all this for nothing. And then we would go get the McDonald's because I would say yes, because um my mom was upset and um yeah as we got the food and as we were driving home i started tearing up and <laughs> it was just like a really wholesome moment that me and my mom talk about at least once a year because i always bring it up to her despite you know i don't share this story a lot with other people but when it when it comes to my mom this is one of my core core memories i have with my mom and it it always has to do with also my mom crying like I might have never shared this one before, but this is this is the last episode of season two, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it, right? Like my um, when my mom and dad divorced when I was five, they sat me down in the living room and they made me choose between them two because that's what the judge wanted. They just the judge was gonna go with whoever I wanted to go with, and they had free sort of reign to just have me choose of who I wanted to go with. And what ended up happening was I chose my dad. And they were sitting on the couch in our trailer because I grew up in a trailer park. And I said, Appa, I want to go with Appa. Because at that time, you know, I didn't see my dad all that much either because he would, like, study a lot because he was trying to be, become a dentist and all that stuff, which he ended up being. And we're good on good terms now and all that good stuff. We were never on bad terms, by the way. Again, none of this is a soft story. I'm just saying this just so you guys can just understand that I'm a real person and this is not an AI-driven podcast. Um and uh, I chose my dad. My dad, um, you know, got all of my stuff and then put it in the car. It was like a really beat up blue uh, Mercury car. It was super small. It was a hatchback, super old. We got it as like a gift from like my grandparents or something. Um, and I get strapped into the back seat um, with a car seat or a child seat. Um, and I'm ready to go. My mom um said bye to me and my dad and then as like i'm in the back seat and my dad gets in the car my mom is like sitting on the porch of the trailer and she's crying and uh she was crying and she was like just waving at me and i, I like still remember <laughs> i like still remember um telling my dad um i want to go with my mom and uh my dad super cool about it you know we we talk about it now um because we're more open about it and we're adults um but my dad was super cool about it he unstrapped me let me go and uh uh i changed my mind i wanted to be with my mom and of course my mom is super stoked my mom is super happy but we're super sad because again my dad's driving down to L.A. By the way, the reason why I was getting in the car was because I, um, uh, I was going to be driven down to L.A. And I was going to live in L.A. for the, like the rest of like my life uh, as opposed to growing up in like the Monterey Bay area. That's where my mom was. And so um, I ended up changing my mind. I go with my mom. Uh, and then I remember that day. I would I was really into drawing on large pieces of paper and I was like drawing a map from like Monterey Bay drew a line down to like LA um and that was like my drawing for the day and um 
I didn't know the implications of that decision. Like, I wasn't crying um, during any of this when I was a kid. Like, to me, it was just more like, oh, you know, I chose Appa because I want to, you know, I like my dad. I, li- I like my dad. Maybe not more than my mom, but I like my dad. And so I chose my dad. And then I see my mom sort of being upset and crying. And then I go to my mom. And I see that, you know, it, as a pattern in my adult life, I noticed that, you know, in high school, for example, the McDonald's story, which is what this was um, segued from, is like my mom being upset is really big to me because that's who supported me the most. And honestly, still supports me the most more than anybody else in my life. My mom is so excited to hear from me. My mom is so, she just loves me unconditionally. I'm, I'm more than certain I can kill someone and then she would still love, <laughs> she would still love me. Like, my mom is the definition of unconditional love, and uh, I hope to learn more from her with of those skills because my mom's not like the best mathematician in the world. My mom isn't like uh, her literacy levels are not like she reads books all day and she's like a book, huge book nerd. My mom just knows how to work hard and how to sort of like love other people and that's one of the most admirable things about my mom that I'm still c- trying to continue to learn from because not everything in life has to be about mentoring um, or getting mentored for someone that has been from like a successful business or someone that's like really good at one thing, um, you know, that's technical. It, you can still learn from your parents despite, you know, I think a lot of adults feel, especially I, I feel this way, you know, I feel like, Sometimes I'm teaching my parents more things these days than they're teaching me, but you know, it's it's a good reason why I have this podcast. It's be able to reflect and remember some of these things I'm still learning from. Again, like I mentioned from my mom about this like unconditional wavering love that she is able to give and I yeah, there's not that many people in this world I and mean, besides I think my fiance and my mom a few other core people that I can have this unconditional love for. Um, but that's a little bit about me, you know, and that's why McDonald's is so close because I have that story and then I share just a little bit of like why maybe my mom being upset at me not getting McDonald's was such a big deal is because I have, again, that core memory before the McDonald's story of my mom, you know, crying on the porch. So it's good. I, it's good to reflect on this sort of stuff. I feel like I'm in a great mood right now, despite, you know, sort of losing it a few minutes ago but i'm happy and you know i'm gonna call my parents probably after the super bowl's over i'm sure my stepdad's watching it with my mama and they're both like cheering i think probably the niners on just because they're so close to san francisco and no one wants the chiefs to win but yeah i don't know i (laughs) i don't really care if any of the if either of the two teams win um but we'll see we'll see maybe we'll see some wall street bets sort of related material about it or something anyway uh i'm gonna end it here uh this is the official end of season two of thetagame.com and uh i'll go ahead and see everyone for season three next week later